and I thought, what about this? And it was obvious from that point on. My heart started something at a much different pace. Welcome to the first episode of Women at Work, a podcast for and about the women of remodeling and construction. I'm your host, Caitlin Schuler, the Special Projects Editor for Professional Remodeler Magazine. With construction as one of the fastest growing industries for women in the U.S., it's time we take a deeper look at who these women are. Women at Work gives listeners that chance, as well as an insider look into what makes them and their companies so successful. Joining us today is Melissa Kennedy, the Sales and Design Manager of Meadowlark Design Build in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Thanks for joining us today, Melissa. I'm happy to. So how did you originally decide that design was what you wanted to do? I thought about being a teacher, but didn't really suit my personality and didn't really consider architecture until going to the University of Michigan. Medicine or engineering were the two paths that I thought about. And so I very simply walked over to the College of Engineering and looked at the schedule for the next two years. And it was very daunting and didn't look like it would be any fun. And while I was meandering through the engineering campus, I stumbled upon the architecture building. And I walked through the architecture building and saw people at drawing boards and making models and doing interesting things, much more interesting than I saw at the engineering school. And I thought, what about this? And so I made an appointment to meet with a guidance counselor to talk about pursuing architecture. And it was obvious from that point on. My heart started thumping at a much different pace It's also really interesting that you just happened upon it and happened to take a little detour, and now you're here. And it turned out to be a really wonderful decision. I think the energy and the feeling at the architecture school at Michigan was one of collaboration and teamwork, and that is inspiring. And I think it's one of the things that has continued to compel me through this journey of being in architecture. Absolutely. So do you find that environment of teamwork and collaboration still playing a big role in your job at Meadowlark? I do. When I got out of college, I joined an architecture firm, and it was a wonderful experience, but I felt removed from the build side of it. And so when I learned about Meadowlark, who happened to be located out of my neighborhood at the time, I was very intrigued. I had wanted to get into the construction side a little bit more to understand that perspective in order to be a better designer and architect. And so when I learned about metal art in the residential world, that became something that seemed much more interesting in a way that I could sort of further my knowledge base and career. And I've been at metal art now for 12 years. How do you manage to balance all of your varying responsibilities? I work with absolutely amazing people at metal art all of who are both interested in their own career and pursuits and learning, but really have a deep desire for metal art to be successful. And successful can, you know, mean so many different things to people. But for us, it's that the metal art culture and the team and the projects and the creativity and the finances and the clients all get the best experience. And so it's been an exciting journey for me. I think the first week when I started at Metal Arc, I was charged with fixing the printer. And my roles have gone from fixing the printer to sales design manager and now even starting to take on some construction management roles too. It's all about, I think, empowering people, putting people in the right place at the right time, and people whose values strongly align with what Metal Arc values as a company. We work really hard as a company to try to make efficient meetings, to make an efficient process, 
to spend time with the people both internally and externally who align with Metalark, who are going to be a good fit with Metalark so that it's not that 1% of our clients take 90% of our energy, which if you take on the wrong projects and the wrong clients, that can happen. We really try to focus on those who are a good fit. So do you guys have a specific process that you use to vet clients in order to determine who is a good fit? You know, I think we've worked hard both with, you know, names you might know. So Mark Richardson has really worked intensely with us to develop a process, and Chip Doyle continues to help our sales team when we're prospecting. But I think a big part of our process, too, is just being honest with people that we might not be the best fit for them or what they need out of their project, and that's okay. Some of our best referrals come from people that don't do projects with us. Remodeling can be such a daunting thing, right? Not many people get the privilege to remodel, and we definitely don't want to be wasteful of our clients' resources. So asking a lot of questions up front to help people understand what they need, what they're looking for, how they want to work, and what their expectations are has allowed us to find better fits for what we do. And I think people just appreciate honesty in general, even if you're not able to give them the answer that they were necessarily hoping for. Yes, we call it hopium. We we try to get rid of the hopium at work. In a design build company, there are so many people involved in making a project successful. It's our job to not just set up the client for success, but to set up the design team for success, to then set up the estimator for success, to then set up the project manager for success. And so we've talked a little bit about success as succession at our company, and succession is not only about internal people, it's about your client. So is that client going to be your next project or the source of your next project? Is the drywaller setting up the painter for success? It's these little steps that allow the whole project to be successful for us, for our clients, and then all of the tradespeople involved. It's clear that you are very passionate about your job and about what Meadowlark does, but even the best of us get into slumps from time to time where it's really hard to find motivation and hard to remember why you do what you do. So how do you mm-hmm. deal with those slumps? I do triathlons and Ironmans, and so right. um, one way I deal with this is by exercising and getting out, and I think that that helps remind me about why I do what I do. I think remodeling is really hard. You can get overloaded with details. You can get, you know, obviously in a slump of not making sales or not having projects that go through. And so we have a slogan at Meadowlark, and it's that everybody has a good experience with Meadowlark. And we try to project that with clients, with subs, with vendors, with neighbors. But then we also see a benefit to the work-life balance. And I think the more complex my life gets, my husband owns a company and we have three young children and I work a very full-time job. The more that that gets complex, it's helpful to remember and sit back and take a breath and remember what you're passionate about and why you're doing what you're doing and why it's important to you. And I think we value that. We have conversations about it. If people need time off or to take a break from sales, we give people time off and a break from sales. Yeah, it's great that work-life balance is such a focus, and I think it helps you and your employees and team members keep doing the best work that they can do. And when you have a team that's rooting for you and supporting you, and, and in a way a little bit of like a safety relief valve, then it helps prevent burnout. 
And that mentality, and I think that encouragement also prevents burnout. Even though I run ultra marathons and have done Ironmans, you know, that race day is one part of it. The much bigger part of training for those races is actually the day-to-day commitment to giving it your best and training through it and putting in the miles and figuring out how you're going to be happy while training for this because it is a privilege, right? All of this is a privilege to be able to do. And I think with that mindset, it affects your actions, it affects your perspective, and it eventually affects the outcome. With all that you've experienced and where you're at in your career so far, if you could go back and talk to fresh out of college, Melissa, what advice would you give her? There's a lot of women who, because they don't have experience or because they haven't tried something yet or don't know anybody in the field, don't give themselves the benefit of the doubt. You know, we talk a lot about how women tend to round down on their skills and capabilities. And I would encourage people to round up. You are capable. You can figure things out. And one of the skills that I wish Melissa, who graduated college, would have, would have learned and done better is just to ask more questions. You're not dumb. No question is stupid. Figure out different routes you can take. Figure out what you don't know. Find people in the industry who are willing to answer questions and have a conversation and dive in. It is really easy to fall into that trap of feeling like you're asking a dumb question or that you yeah. are rounding down on your skills. With any female pursuing any career, I think there's a lot of beliefs women have that are very different than the way males think. I think males tend to round up where when they're going in for a job interview. Women tend to round down. Just be confident, be secure, ask questions, dive in. I think I've tried to think a lot more recently about in every meeting and in every encounter, what's the outcome I'm looking for? And really focusing on that outcome helps you to ask more questions so that you can achieve that. And I think that's a skill I definitely wish I would have learned out of college. Since we've looked back a little bit, let's look ahead. What would Mm -hmm. your dream job look like? I've had three kids, and I think when I've been on maternity leave for every kid, I've taken, you know, inventory of this. What would a dream job be? Mm -hmm. And I'm really happy to say I love what I'm doing right now. My tendency is to learn a lot from failures and from past experiences and to really not have regrets to look forward and see opportunities that lie ahead. And so I'm really happy to say I don't regret any of the past. And as far as a future dream job, I think I'm doing it right now. There's challenges and there's people that want to do better and there's collaboration. And, you know, with leaders who are looking to improve, always looking to improve and always looking to learn. And that type of environment has allowed me to, you know, expand my knowledge and curiosity. And I don't see that ending. And so I'm I'm really happy here. I also think that since having kids in a family, I've thought more about what we've mentioned earlier in this phone call, like work-life balance. So older I get and the the more that I am trying to balance like two circles that as my life have more going on in it, I see those two circles coming together even more. And it's more about how do I balance the two together and not separate, not divided. And I think that's also helped me have a little bit more breath for the phone calls that have to happen on weekends or the phone calls that have to happen after hours that I've been able to sort of leave my job to go volunteer at school. 
and with that volunteering at school or the flexibility during the daytime, it also requires some of my flexibility in the evenings and weekends. And I'm totally happy with that because it lets me experience the joys of raising a family, but also being challenged at work in a way that being with my kids doesn't challenge. And I think seeing those two circles as overlapping more and more and more has helped me also really enjoy everything that life brings and all of the changes that it's brought for the last 12 years while being at Meadowlark. Thanks so much for joining us for the first episode of Women at Work. To learn more about Melissa and Meadowlark, follow the link in the episode notes. And keep an eye out for our next episode, featuring Allison I. and Tosca, president and owner of the renowned F.H. Perry Builder. This episode was written and produced by me, with editing by Pro Remodelers Director of Content, Erica Taylor. Music was created by Eveningland and downloaded from YouTube's audio library. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time.